Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out. This is part two of our interview with Kevin Hambly on student athlete wellness. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. Are there any kind of like considerations that you check off when you have someone who you know, is, is hurting, but they're not injured to the point where they, they shouldn't be on the court. Like how, how do you work through that with a, yeah, with a player who's we, maybe kind of mo- starting to figure out how tough they are? Yeah. It's a collaboration, right? Between the player, the strength coach and the trainer. And we, we, we usually try to give it some kind of, um, object, use the objective measure or the global RP, uh, to try to, to monitor, to manage a load. And what it, that kind of does is it gives them some confidence. Like, hey, look, we're not going to push you. We're going to keep you here at this level. So they can have some confidence that we're not going to push them too far. We all agree we're not going to push them too far. And also put the locus of control, give them the control. Like, hey, if I'm hurting, I need to pull myself out. And I found just doing that, um, you know, because they want to – most of the players that I'm around, uh, I've been fortunate. I've coached some high-level teams. They all want to be on the court. Most of them are trying to push to be on the court, and we feel like we have to protect them from themselves. The players, honestly, that – don't want to be on the court and don't want to do it. They're not the players you want on the court anyway. And so I've kind of, we've not let them die, but we just, we have, we've given them that control. And, and if they don't feel like they can do it, then they're not going to be able to push it through. And so uh, those are usually the players you, you're not going to be able to count on when it matters at the end. And I've had very, very few of those players. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's how I've decided to approach it. Just put the, put the control in their corner. Like if you can't do it, you're talking to us, but know that we, from a science standpoint, know that this kind of load won't injure you further. So please trust us on this and we'll push you to that level. Nothing more than that. And we've been able to have some success that way. Can you explain a locus of control a little bit more? Yeah, it's just that they feel like, um, that they feel like they're in control of their day, of their bodies, of their mind and their spirit, basically like all of that, that they're in, that, that no one's controlling them. That's why we asked that question on the survey of how in control of the day do you feel? Like the, all the, the things that are going on in their day are within their control. There are things that you can't control. Like I have to go to class, um, our schedule, things like that. But everything else, we should, they should feel like they have some kind of control. And, it, and the more control we can give them, I heard the talk with uh, Wolf. She was talking a little bit about that, about some autonomy and making some decisions and what they're doing training-wise and all of that. That's a way to give them some control mm-hmm. that they can – and that, that's motivating. And I think the more, look, the more control you can give them then the, in, in, in everything, then the more – that they're motivated to have to, to be successful. There's a really good article on that actually, and it's uh, by Halpert. It's 28. It's called I think it's called 28 measures of locus of control, and it's a way. Like there's 28 different ways that that human beings can can find control in their lives, and so uh, we try to give them as much as we can in our environment. And Kevin, can you talk about um, toughness on, I guess, the relationship side? Like some coaches can come off as too hard and some can be too buddy-buddy. I guess, what does a healthy coach-player relationship look like to you? I mean, I, I think I don't, I'm don't. never trying to be their friend. You're always trying to be there to help help mentor them and push them. And uh, if you can't push them to, to be better and you can't make them uncomfortable – then that's when I think it kind of crosses the line. I think some coaches become their friend. I, I would say I'm not trying to be any of their friends. We certainly have some banter that goes on. And some, like Jenna Gray and I, I would say there's a, like really good banter in the gym. There's a little bit of trash talk back and forth. But I don't think Jenna would ever consider me her friend. I think she'd say I'm here to push her and make her uncomfortable. And I think when that, when you feel like you can't do that anymore, 
that's when it's crossing the line. So I, I, I and you can't be honest with them. You know, I, then that's when you're crossing the line as well. Like both those things kind of get in the way. That's that's at least how I look at it. So we got some listener questions first uh, okay. from BJ Leroy. We have, what are you doing to uh, to help prepare students for the unexpected? A lot of things can go wrong in a season: injury, poor performance, setbacks. What what are you doing to to help prepare them for that? Well, I mean, from a, from a personnel standpoint, we we mix. We didn't play our starters very much versus our second squad. We're mixing people up so that no matter who we threw out there, um, they they would feel like they were comfortable playing. I felt we did a nice job of that this year. That when we had an injury, whether it was Tammy Alade or it was Courtney, uh, that or excuse me, Tammy Alade, or we had we actually had Plummer out for a match that we put one of our other players out there, Michaela or Courtney, out there, and they and they felt comfortable. So we do a little bit of that. And then we just do a lot to make them really uncomfortable in practice as far as put them in awkward situations from, um, you know, like just different defensive systems or, um, I don't know, you know, any virus drills and things like that. Just try to make, make things random. I talk, we talk a lot about creating, creating um, order out of chaos, and that's a lot of what our game is. And I, I think you could do a lot of things there to help, help them kind of overcome that. How often do you do an A side versus B side? We did it one day a week this year. And I loved it. It kept it competitive, and it kept. I just, just I, I thought it was great when we had injuries or anything else. It was. We did it the Thursday before we played on Friday, and that was it. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely thought it was. Uh, that was a thing that was new for us this year, and I thought it was one of the things that had helped us have a lot of success. Yeah, we just had uh, Steve Bain on, and he was talking about the value of that. So it's it's cool to hear that it was effective for you guys. Well, uh, we, next year I have a great gym. I'm looking forward to seeing what. We have five great players coming. It's going to be fun to mix it up and see how it goes in practice. So Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, it's got to be fun as a player. I mean, it, I think it's, it's really cool that you're doing it. Uh, i got another listener question. Uh, Kevin McCullough, he asked, uh, what, about, what are the biggest unexpected differences from Illinois to Stanford? Uh, this one's simple. But when I present something, the, the amount and quality of questions that I get about any kind of like, – I like the why. I like to explain the why. When I explain the why – the questions that come back, it's like Illinois was two questions and then we do the, we do some stuff and then they'd ask questions at Stanford. They ask 40 questions and I, I take them all and we get through it all. And then we go out there and they ask, they, they understand it at a level that's unbelievable. Like they, they just, they can make these jumps that are really cool. And I, I absolutely love it. I love working with these guys. I love my kids at Illinois too. They're, but there's just that from that aspect, it's really fun. They ask incredible questions. Okay, pretend like Andrew's not here for this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on athletes playing beach? I think beach is really good for development. Um, I think it's I think it's helped a lot of our players um, become better volleyball players and uh, develop their skills. I think the the one challenge is when you start to look at load, just when they're doing both indoor and beach. I think that's when that's when it gets probably to be too much. I think it was too much, but uh, we we try to try to figure out ways to manage it. But I think playing beach, I played beach and it helped my game a ton. And you hold an iPad uh, in your hands during matches. Andrew, yeah. Andrew says you're playing Angry Birds, but uh, what are you really yeah. using it for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that. I got just real time stats, and uh, so I. It's just uh, this. Uh, we got the we got the data project, and it's feed me real time stats, and I just I get you know you have these impressions of what's going on in the game. There'll be times I'm like, you know, Plummer's hitting like crap, and I look down, and she's hitting 380, and I just am totally off because you're emotionally in the game. And, just gives me some objective measure that's in my hand that I don't have to turn to the bench and ask anything. I can just look at it and calm myself down in the middle of the match. 
And what are your favorite things to look at uh, stat-wise during a match to influence your decisions? I mean, hitting efficiency and then serve pass stuff. I mean, how, how it's for receive. And then we look at some things. I like looking at the rotation. Like, are we scoring points in rotation four? You know, are we, are we struggling to side out? Side out? Because I have all the individual stats and I have everything, point scoring and side out, and then how well we're passing in every single rotation. So it's really simple what I have. And so I kind of am looking at all those things. But I love looking at rotation four. We're, we're scoring at 10%. Can we put a different person in to serve? Can we make some kind of move what's going on there so we can start looking deeper at the charts i was at uh, the match against washington state in the tournament and yeah. i think if i remember right, the the first two sets were pretty back and forth and, and i remember maybe you guys being a little flat or a little down at times and I, I find myself watching coaches now more sometimes than the players and was watching you and i noticed your demeanor stayed like really relaxed really calm i'm wondering yeah. um, why not get fired up when your team seems a little flat because uh they were anxious and nervous and it wasn't going to help them. And I just, you know, you have to have a good pulse on what's going on. And, um, they just, they just were so, they were so tight and tense. Uh, I just wanted to try to keep them relaxed. Now we played Penn state and I thought we were a little bit scared. Like that, that match I actually got on him, which was probably the only time all year that I actually needed to get on him and kind of fire him up a little bit. What does that look like getting on them? Like, can you, can you describe any, like, I mean, I you wouldn't know. You just listen to my. I raised my yeah. voice a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't yelling and screaming and throwing clipboards or anything. I just was. We were talking. I talked sternly to him about, you know, how do you want the season to end, and, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like if we're, we're 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 getting bullied on our own court right now. Some things like that where I challenged them a little bit. That's about it. Yeah. I heard from someone who was at your practice session at the AVCA that he was impressed with how little you were saying. Um, he said it seemed like your team knew what to do and how to prepare. Is that typical, or was it more of like where you were at in that point of the season? I mean, I'd say that's more where we were at at the, the time of the season. That sounds kind of like a backhanded compliment, a little bit like we're not doing anything. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I think I think we were we were dialed in. We knew what we wanted to do, and um, we were working on some system stuff. But we had already practiced it, so it was more of like, hey, yeah, we're getting it. We we were working on the BYU stuff and. And uh, we felt very good about our game plan going into that one, and everyone was on top of things. So I just there wasn't much to say. What what volleyball skill do you guys spend the most time training in practice? Serving pass, a lot. I mean, I'd say we spend at least forty five minutes a day on those two skills out of the two hours that we practice. And how much of it is in, in competition? And how much is more like a, a tutor and non scoring teaching drill? Well. Yeah, I'd say we do a little bit of individual passing just to work on some technique, and then we do team servant pass. And then every drill we do uh, for this. So I, I'm leaving out the if we if we play six versus six at the end of practice. We always end with, with competition at the end of practice. And if we play that for 40 minutes or a half hour, that's all starting with the servant a pass. So uh, I don't even count that. Just just reps. We get about 45 minutes of just serving and passing and working through it. And, you know, we'll score different and we'll work on – all, you know, all the drills that everyone does. We try not to complicate things too much with drills. It's more of let's have them focus on getting better and working through seams and communication and all that kind of stuff. But we spend a ton of time on that. And then the second would be out of system. Those are the two things we spend the most time on, being out, playing out of system and then serving pass. And for the out of system ones, is it um, kind of like you bowl a ball in and the libero moves it around? Or how do you how do you create those sorts of drills? Yeah, maybe we bounce one. Maybe I... You stand on the side and we rip a ball at somebody and they dig it off the net. Um, or we, you know, do some kind of virus drill where we're passing it up. Or 
uh, yeah, stuff like that. You know, there's just trying to create as much out of or hit it to the setter. So we work on that skill, you know, and tip it to the setter. So she's got to play it. Um, just try to create as game like situations as we possibly can to create out of system. You know, it's, it's hard because we're going to get enough out of system probably if we're just serving and passing. But, you know, if you want to force that a little bit, you're standing on the ground hitting a, hitting a ball or somebody. It's not my favorite way to train, but if it gets us out of system, we can work on a high ball. That's good for us. And what sort of feedback are you giving to hitters on out of system? <clears throat> well, always step close hard, close hard and fast. You know, keep it in front of you. Um, everything's, everything's crossing at the hands. Everything's crossing at the hands as far as um, we're hitting fingertips. You know, we're not bringing it down in the arms. And if if you're gonna, if the block's not formed, we're trying to get on it quick. And if the block's formed, we want to wait a little bit, delay, and let the block start to come down, and then hit it high flat off the hands. So mm-hmm. the block, you know, just trying to trying to get a good sense of what the block's like. If the block's set up perfectly, and you hit it into it, a lot of good things happen for the block. But if you can wait a little bit, and they're starting to come back and come down, and delay your attack, hit high flat, you got a good chance to score. And then what about from um, more of a mental skill or, or team building skill? What's, what do you spend the most time on from that perspective? Uh, you know, we not, not a ton is in, inside practice. Just look for opportunities to give some feedback on that stuff. I wouldn't say that we're, you know, we're not, we're not doing a lot of team building stuff as far as uh, it's never been my style is to go do the ropes courses and things like that. It's more of let's look for opportunities to communicate. Let's look for opportunities to lead like, identifying the leadership and seeing opportunities where they could have an impact on the group and then addressing those either right then with the player or later on in one of the meetings with the player and just, Hey, look, I think you missed this opportunity to have an impact there. And, um, and then a lot of my meetings, to be honest, if, when I have my, if I, if I talk for five to seven minutes or 10 minutes with them about what I want to talk about, it's about defining roles and, and leadership and things like that. Um, it's never really about serve, receive, you know, and how we pass or, what kind of system stuff we want to run. It's more about, Hey, here's how I see your role and look to have some influence here or get out of the way here, stuff like that. So I don't, not a lot of formal stuff. It's more of always kind of massaging that stuff for me. Mm. Kevin switching gears. Um, who are some of your mentors? Uh, I mean, McGowan for sure. Uh, Toshi Yoshida, who's the national team coach that I coached with when I was there. Uh, with my coach from 01 to 04. Um, both those guys are motor learning professors and they're both look at the game from a totally different standpoint, but I learned a ton from both those men. Uh, Don Harden really showed me how to run a program. He's been a great mentor uh, and was a, uh, he was there before me and I was his assistant for five years. And uh, I thought he, he did it. He showed me, you know, there's so much that goes into running a program that has nothing to do with the volleyball. And he really gave me a good, uh, start as far as his ideas of how he wanted to do it. And I got to kind of make it my own, which is really, I really owe a lot to him in that aspect. And so those three guys are really main. Yeah. If you could go watch a coach from any team and any sport, who would it be? Pop Popovich uh, <laughs> Spurs. I just, I just want to see what's going on there. Uh, I just picked up the Belichick book. So maybe, maybe that as well. I, maybe him as well. Um, but I love Pop. I love the way he rolls. So I like to go check that out. Can you pinpoint anything about Pop that you really like? I just like, um, I mean, his teams, obviously, they, they win a lot. They're competitive. But his team looks different every single year, kind of like like Belichick's. He just seems to figure out how to use his personnel 
at the highest level. And, uh, and, you know, one year they're just moving the ball around and one year they're, they're running, you know, high, low post stuff. And, you know, now they're shooting a lot of mid range stuff with no one else, which no one else has done. Now they're not winning as much, but they kind of lost an important player in Kawhi. But, um, they, I just, his team looks different all the time and he's constantly massaging it and figuring it out. And I just love to hear his process. Kevin, do you guys spend more team time focusing on your team's strengths or weaknesses? Uh, we try to address a little bit of everything. Uh, I think like in the early on in practice, we'll, we do a lot of, I look at practice and we're trying to solve some problems. So we'll start off with trying to, here's an issue that we have. Um, we're not great when the setter digs the ball. So let's, let's put some time out on that. And then, um, and then at the end, uh, I, I try a little, a little bit of the problem solving early and then work towards, uh, more of just playing some volleyball and do, working on some of our strengths. Uh, at the end. So I'd say both. I wouldn't say we spend, I'd say equal time on both. Cool. I know it's still obviously brand new, but do you see any challenges, I guess, coming back after winning a championship? Have you addressed it or framed anything differently with your players following that success? Yeah, I, I think last time, you know, I took over a team that had won. And um, when we got to the final four, I think the 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 weight of trying to repeat really got to them. And the culture wasn't strong enough to overcome that. And that's totally on me. A lot of that had to do, uh, this sounds like an excuse, and I, I guess it is kind of, but I, I just didn't know the players well enough to to um, to manage that the way that I needed to. And we addressed that pretty hard in, um, last year. And I, I think this year we're starting to address it uh, a lot. We're also adding five really talented players. I mean, if our class isn't ranked number one, I'll be shocked with the, the players that we have coming in. And, you know, two or three of those guys could play for us. And so... If that happens, which is going to be up to the players as we get into the gym, then we're going to have some cultural issues that we're going to have to deal with. And that, of course, you guys all know that if the culture is not strong, you, you don't win. And so um, we we absolutely – that was the first meeting we had when we got back was we started talking about the players coming and how, how the changes in the way that we need to kind of uh, manage our culture moving forward and how we integrate those freshmen. That was the first thing because I, I see that as the biggest threat for next year and having the success that we should have. What are some things you do to get ahead of that? Because, I mean, the freshmen, you know, you can't start practicing with them until, what, three weeks before your first match? No, but yeah. when they're on their visit in October, I'm talking about, hey, you know, here's how I see some roles this, this year, and, you know, it's going to be tough, and here's how it's going to look, but you're going to have to learn from the freshmen, the seniors, and, you know, here's kind of how our culture is. I just I started planting seeds then, and then I'm sending text to him now and, you know, we're communicating and I'm just trying to kind of start massaging this thing from all aspects now, you know, and, uh, and so that when we start to have the real conversations and we get into the fall, that's not a new conversation. It's more of, Hey, this is what we talked about. You know, this attitude, this piece right here, we got to accept whatever role that is in front of you. And that's going to be the biggest thing is the acceptance of roles. We got to put our egos aside because it's about the group and, you know, things like that. And, when I see you do this, that's outside of who we are as a team, and we got to get you back on track. You know, I, I think that's it, it's easier said than done, but just starting to plant those seeds from the minute yeah. I started having conversations with them. Yeah, seems like uh, yeah, definitely an important piece and a challenging one. Uh, we're bouncing sure. around a lot here. We just got a couple more. Uh, can you give us some book recommendations? Well, uh, Man's Search for Meaning is a book that I think every person should read. I just I love that book, and then. Um, one of my, one of the ones that I reread 
often. Well, I read that one often, but another one that I reread often is just Inner Game of Tennis. It just mm. it just kind of keeps me centered. So, uh, and then um, the the book by Gabrielle Wolf has changed the way that I coach for sure. Uh, the opt was it optimizing performance from mm-hmm. no no sorry the book uh, it's about ex- external feedback. I should I should have wrote it down. Like I, I'm terrible remembering the titles of books, but Wolf's latest book was awesome about some uh, external cueing, external feedback. And I, uh, I try to implement as much of that as I can in practice all the time. Um, so have you, have you had to change up some of your vocabulary and how you talk to your players and explain skills to use the external stuff? No, I mean, I think just kind of playing with it all the time to see what works. You know, I think, you know, we talk about creating an angle instead of talking about our shoulders. We're talking about how we act on the ball, you know, like past the side of the ball or things like that. Or when we talk mm-hmm. about attacking, we're talking about, you know, if we want the ball to go up a little bit, instead of saying like drop your elbow, we're talking about hit the bottom of the ball. You know, it kind of shapes the way that we want to hit that ball. Or if we're t- talking about moving on the block, we're talking about instead of taking a step, we're talking about, you know, pushing the floor away. Things like that, just trying to play with language all the time. I wouldn't say I'm great at it, but I'm I'm playing with it all the time. And uh, Jesse uh, Seltzer, who's, Joel Seltzer, excuse me, who's our um, technical coordinator, um, he just, I gave him that book and he read it and he's always come up to me just talking about, I saw you playing with that. Like that seemed to work pretty well or I don't, that didn't work. And I'm like, you're right. Let's try something else. And I'm just trying to understand it because the science makes a lot of sense to me. It's just, um, how do you practically use it? Right. And then, uh, the real reason we had you on the show, uh, what advice can you give to Andrew? He need, uh, he needs some help. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't need any help. He's he's awesome. I, Come I on. Mean, you said you were honest. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Andrew gets so much crap from you guys. I think he's <laughs> find some better friends that aren't yeah. gonna build there him up you a go. little bit. Yeah. Go. That's good advice. <laughs> he's he's, yeah. he's a gentle soul and John's the opposite. Andrew Yeah, Andrew's I mean, he is like every time you see him, you just feel good. I love I love sharing the suite with him. Well, you're sweet, Kevin. Yeah. Um, you know how sweet I am, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, yeah, not- just, just so the listeners know, like, Kevin, yeah, thanks again for being a patron of the show. Uh, I was pretty surprised when we got that message that you're going to, that you were supporting the show. That was cool. Yeah. You need to work on your customer service. I sent an email like three, Dang four it. months ago about, like, how do I give? Because well, I, I, I've heard like other coaches giving. I'm like, I would love to give you this thing, and I never got anything back. So whoever's in charge of that, which I, I imagine it's probably Andrew. Or <laughs> yeah, it's Andrew for Andrew. sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm happy that I finally like looked on the website and figured it out. So I love what you guys are doing. I love listening to. It. I, I listen to every single one of your guys' podcasts, and I I really enjoy it. So thanks for doing this for all of us. It's it's great. That means a lot. Well, Kevin, I, you know it's super cool having you in the just down the down the hall for me. And, um, I know that I'm, I'm super thankful to, to get to learn from you and what you guys are doing on the indoor side. And, um, just really appreciate you coming on here and sharing what you're doing really with, with everyone who's interested. So, um, super cool to have you on here, big dog. Yeah. Thanks man. It was fun talking about this stuff. I haven't really talked about it too much, so I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to talk through some of this stuff. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners have some homework now. (laughs) No idea. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Thanks for listening to the show. And if you want to be a patron of the show, like our guest Kevin Hambly is, uh, check out patreon.com slash coachyourbrainsout to support the show. Uh, a couple bucks a month goes a long way. Thanks. Thanks.